G'day Aussie Gridiron fans and welcome to another episode of G'day Gridiron coupled with the Aussie NFL Fantasy Podcast coupled with No Huddle Dynasty Podcast. We are three... Collaboration City. Is it Collaboration <laughs> City? I didn't know where I was going to go. I'm glad you saved me from that, Taylor. Uh, we're back. Myself, Ian, uh, back with all the boys. Uh, g'day, Mark. G'day, Manjots. G'day, Maddie C. And g'day, Mr. 113.52. How you going, Taylor? No shameless self-promotion here, Ian. No, not at all. Not at all. No, surprised he could type that, by the way, because he can't type the number eight on his phone. <laughs> surprised he could get that done. He's just That's lucky. He, numbers being got. That's right. He's, he's lucky his score didn't include an eight this week. Uh, Taylor's, too, Taylor's too poor to get a new phone with the, with the number eight that works. Uh, <laughs> can't explain it. I have no idea. Tough times in the good old household, people. <laughs> Yeah, down to his last couple of trillion dollars, mate. You can't have yeah. a part with any of that. <laughs> those kid, those kicker rhymes really. Uh, I got cancelled a lot, so after last week, I've got to make three. Did have to delete the post. Actually, it was getting a bit of traction. <laughs> oh, was it bad really? traction? Yeah. Oh no. Anyway, oh, that's moving on. I wasn't keeping up with that. <laughs> We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Oh, Great start, boy. <laughs> boy, yeah, Good boy, start. Boy. Well, what a week, what a week, what a week of uh, NFL playoff football. How about we, um, let's go through a couple of games to start with, get some thoughts from you boys on a couple of things. Why don't we start with the uh, the first game that we saw, was it the first game that we saw at Arrowhead? Um, the Chiefs hosting the Jags at Arrowhead. I guess everyone thought that this was going to be a uh, an absolute shootout high-scoring game. It uh, didn't quite come off that way, and I think a lot of that was due to the injury that everyone saw to Patrick Mahomes early on, uh, where he got his uh, his ankle rolled, and we now know he has a suspected, still suspected high ankle sprain, considering um, we've seen him moving around and uh, and reportedly on the, uh, on the practice field running. Um but I guess the big story out of this game was, and I don't know who I want to throw. I don't really want to just tee Maddie up on Jag stuff all the time, especially when it's oh. bad Jag stuff. But we saw uh, Jags came back from a 27-point deficit against the Chargers. Um, and despite sort of looking in it early in this game, it's never seemed to have the same spark that they did against the Chargers. Manjot, do you uh, want to enlighten us? What went wrong here for the Jags, mate? Man. I reckon the Jags, they could have won this game. So many self-inflicted wins, though. There was a ton of fumbles, especially that Jamal Agnew fumble around the goal line where they were looking destined to score a touchdown or even a field goal at that point. It was just like, oh, that was when the game pretty much ended. Trevor threw up an interception that really shouldn't have never been thrown off. There were so many bad things that went wrong for the Jaguars. But they still hung in there. And who knows, if they turned that Agnew fumble instead into a touchdown, boy, that could have been the game. They, they could have actually come back and won that. They could have actually done something if Trevor didn't throw that interception. They left it too late for themselves again. So it was tough. It was tough to watch that Trevor lost his first game ever on a Saturday. 
I think the Jaguars, though, they know that they've got something really, really good for them. They know they've got something in them that they can really build for the future. I'm actually really excited to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars for the first time in five years or so since the Saxonville days because they've actually got something more sustainable than the Saxonville days. Trevor, he's a guy that can actually be the franchise quarterback, and he's shown he is that guy. As I said in preseason, I was expecting a breakout from him. He came out and even blew out my expectations. This guy is an absolute baller, absolutely led his team. Doug Peterson should be in contention for coach of the year. In my opinion, should probably win the award as well for what he's done for the Jags. I think I think this team is really primed for a very good future. I'm very excited next year. Got Calvin Ridley joining this offense. The defense can grow for the draft and free agency. They still got a few million dollars in cap space. I'm really excited for the Jaguars' future. Aren't you, Matty? Surely 100%. you are as a Jaguars fan. 100%. There were moments in that game, too, where not having Mahomes on the field is a big loss for Kansas, of course. Like, you take the MVP off any team. That's a terrifying thing to have to go through in a playoff game against a team who's sort of showing they've got a bit of emergence going on. But what was telling for me is that Andy Reid really actually did look kind of a bit scared about what the Jags could be doing, which is, you know, uh, it's probably more than I was expecting at any stage this year. But that game, it, 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 the, the way that they had to continue to put Mahomes out there told me that Reid was really scared. And Agnew was a powder keg. He just about got around Butka and then later in the same drive has the howler, the absolutely howling fumble. Oh, my gosh. And if you've ever dropped a ball like that too, where just in shifting it on your body, you drop it, you feel like an absolute monkey. But, you know, these things will happen. And, and that really took the air out of it. At that stage, it was 27-17 and they were driving in. And you score there, it completely changes the game, um, and especially with the momentum they had. So, yeah, big loss. And I think it sort of shows that there's just a lot of inexperience. They, they didn't look like they'd been there before because they haven't. And... Yeah, it, it sort of sh- said to me the way that Andy Reid was sort of working his defense around it and the way he was game planning around having to have Mahomes there all the time, even though he was clearly not himself and putting that at risk, that he was nervous it was not going to be a next week. Yeah, Mahomes still, uh, even though he was out for, for quite a while, um, in, in relative terms for Mahomes, I guess, and we now know from reports that, um, that Andy Reid told him he wasn't coming back on the field unless he went and actually had an X-ray. And then we even saw a vision of him running down the tunnel to get said X-ray uh, and then waiting on the sideline um, for the results of that before they would let him back out on the field. Um, he still went um, 22 or 30 for 195 yards and two TDs, which whilst it's not uh, usual Patrick Mahomes numbers, you know, 400 plus and, and 4,000 TD throws, <laughs> um <laughs> It's still bloody respectable, uh, respectable considering uh, he was he was essentially hampered. He was essentially limping after every single play and throw. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 amazing. Um, it's an amazing way to to sort of finish out a game. I guess yeah, the other I was, yeah yeah I thought it was pretty interesting actually talking about the other side of the ball where the Jags they often blitz Mahomes during that game and. Eventually, they had like a couple dudes on Mahomes when he got injured. So there was a lot of there's a lot of blitzing from the Jags. Not not accusing them of dirty play, by the way, by saying that. But I'm just saying 
that they had a lot of players just blitzing Mahomes. They had a lot of people. And then Kelsey took advantage of that open space a lot of the time. Had about, what, a million catches for a million touchdowns in the end of the game because he just was absolutely wide open on half of those plays. Because Kelsey can read that field so well like a quarterback, played quarterback back in high school. So he knows how to read that field. And then Mahomes, those two have the insane chemistry. And that was on show yet again in that game. And I think that was a real difference maker was having a guy like Travis Kelsey. I mean, the Jags, they have playmakers too, like Christian Kirk and and Travis Etienne to pair along Trevor. But they really need a dog like Travis Kelsey to really keep up. That was the real difference was really having a guy like Kelsey I think that was a real difference in that first half and in that game in particular. Kelsey caught touchdowns from both quarterbacks as well, so incredible performance by him. Absolutely was a ball, and I reckon it was a patient performer of this game as well. I'll give him the award. Hey. Take, yeah, Marky, you guys got anything on this one? I'm, I'm desperate to hear from no, one of you. No, I was one you could kick to, mate, to be fair. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I need to know what you think. It was just the Manjot and Maddie show. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was actually just going to go for the visual audience. I was going to say this right here is the Jaguars, but, Jaguars butthole. All right. This is Travis Kelsey going straight through it. Oh, jeez. Travis Kelsey absolutely <laughs> dominated this team. It wasn't close. Like they, they, they had an answer for basically the whole rest of the Chiefs' offense except for him. Someone um, apparently was able to get him at the fourth pick in the uh, fantasy game, but we'll talk about that later. Um, that, that was an absolutely <laughs> oh, awesome pick by that man. But in the end, they just couldn't stop him. He was the complete difference in this game. Manjot just, just laid it out perfectly. He, he legitimately dominated this game. And without him, I think the Jags win. I think it's that simple. And the Jags weren't that far off from winning. I know like 27-17, if only a few minutes to go and, you know, getting it to the one-score game. I think it deserved to be a one-score game. I think a few things went differently. I think the Jags honestly would have won this game. And uh, if there's no Travis Kelsey, you know, being a, a not only a red zone target, but 14 receptions was just insane in a game like this that wasn't really that high-powered. Um, I just think without him, the, the, the Chiefs are moving on. And, and really, it was... Ba- I, I know it's really hard to say that the Jags did wrong by allowing Kelsey to get this because the guy is so good and he's got a mind meld with basically any quarterback that steps in there. But obviously when you have it with Mahomes, it's so high power because he's such a good player, even with one ankle. Um, in the end, it, it just really was the, the, the fact that the Jags couldn't stop him is what cost them the game. But in the end, you can't really hammer the Jags for that because not many teams can stop him, especially in the playoffs. When speaking of uh, running through big gaping holes, uh, Mark, um, our uh, Chiefs rookie running back, Isaiah Pacheco, had another amazing game. 12 carries, 95 yards. The, the guy has just seemed to really come alive for the Chiefs in the um, in the latter part of this season, uh, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he, um, he had all that preseason hype that he, you know, he that backfield was not solidified um really at all. I mean, there was – you had your odd truth here or there that um, that the, the mainstays could, could take over. But he, he t- it took him a while to come on, which um, your rookie running backs, I mean, you've either got these ones like Brees Hall that from minute one, they hit the ground running and, and they're great. And then you've got these other guys, you know, um, you know, Cam Akers is another example. You just keep waiting for that guy to come on. And he started to look pretty good as well, um, just as another example. But – um, CH, yeah, that's it. Thanks, mate. 
Um, I couldn't chronically get that. Immort- chronically <laughs> emitting horse shit is his name. That one, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of shares of CH in, in uh, some long formats, mate. What you're telling me here makes me very sad. <laughs> and and that's the fear, right? Because CH is another one that he, he had all this promise. The backfield was his. All he had to do was just take the reins and he hadn't done it. So no, you look at Pacheco particularly early and it just looked like lather, rinse, repeat. But um, as you say, like he looks amazing, particularly through the last sort of quarter of the season. And um, yeah, and there was one broker, he, he got to the edge and he just, I, I I never thought he was that fast and he just was gone. Hasn't he got what the funniest running style though? Like he's so upright. Oh, he's, he's, legs. It's, it's, it's power. Like you're running down a hallway. A minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it is all power, that man. It is ridiculous watching him run. Um, I'll me Jay Ajayi a little, just angry runner. Yes, yeah. angry run. Yeah, angry runner. <laughs> so. I was just going to say quickly on CEH, right? When he came out, when they spent the first round pick on him, the hope was, from what you had seen out of Kareem Hunt, um, you know, early with Andy Reid, is that they got him to be the workhorse. You wanted in a Chiefs offense to have the guy that was going to have a three-down workload. And the problem was he just wasn't really – he doesn't really have the size or, like, he isn't really set up for that. So – in the end, they kind of used him as more of a runner, and then all of a sudden, he wasn't even that great at that. So now you've got a situation in the Chiefs' backfield where they seem to be splitting the work between having a guy that's awesome on the first two downs than having a Jarek McKinnon-style guy on third down. So it isn't really fantasy-relevant per se. I know Jarek McKinnon obviously had the awesome finish to the year because he started getting all the passing touchdowns, but it feels to me like the hope that we all had out of a guy like CEH and just generally the hope we have out of a Kansas City running back in fantasy is that they're just going to have all of it. And I just don't know if they're going to do that. I think they're going to go with a guy that's good on the ground and they're going to go with a guy that's really good in the passing game and they're just going to be happy with that. Well, interestingly, looking at a couple of mock drafts that are coming out now, um, uh, Jameer Gibbs is actually being mocked to them, who's pretty much a receiving back and he's lightning. So um, by that... They haven't learnt their lesson. If they do go that way, he's he like Jerry McKinnon's role's gone. Which is fair yeah, enough. He's I'm a normal veteran. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look forward to looking at Jameer Gibbs a bit more tape during the offseason when looking at drops off you guys. Yeah. Man, I was watching a few of those Bama games with him too. He'd be great with that Chiefs offense. He's got that speed. But yeah, on that Chiefs running back situation, very interesting because they've always had those sort of guys like back in the day that like Holmes and they had Larry Johnson for a year in like 2005 where he went off and of course Jamal Charles is always my favorite running back back in the day and then then they had like Kareem Hunt and then now you know it's just yeah they always had like a workhorse that could absolutely dominate games and now they it's the passing game that's like really carried them it's a Real different Chiefs team. Even way back in the 90s, you could go back to Christian Okoye, the Nigerian Nightmare, Ooh. one of my favorite football players. Yeah, there you go. The Nigerian Damn. Nightmare going to bring back some memories here for some people. But yeah, look, even back then they had the running back. Marcus Allen was on that team too back then. So they always had like these running backs back then when they were just absolutely incredible. Whenever a good Chiefs team was there because of a great running back. Now you've got like all these wide receivers like when they had Hill, for example. Now they've got Kelsey as a tight end. they got Mahomes as quarterback. Juju's coming through. Like Tony, there's so many dudes that... 
whereas like wide receiver is now their strong point instead of a running back. That's just just an interesting thing I was thinking about when Taylor raised that point. It was just the Chiefs, they've changed their whole franchise through from a run-heavy one to a pass-heavy one read. Ian, do you agree with this? I was thinking about how the Chiefs are built now. I don't want any of their wide receivers to be my number one wide receiver. I think they're all twos. True. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I can't see it. they're not they're not um they're not that kind of team. I think it, yeah. we talked about we talked about Travis Kelsey and it's that's that's where the team is. It. Man John and I have talked about this previously on, on um Good Agree Run podcast is the fact that they're they're way more of an offense that is geared towards the 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 10, 15 to 20 yard sort of range throw, not the the big time throw down the field like you would get from um say a, a two led dolphins or um uh maybe Tom Brady of old or even the Cowboys, you know, where, where it's all Yeah, Brady off play action was a do you, deep ball. Do you think that's do you think that's because of the shell defense everyone played on to on Tyrek last year and Mahomes didn't really seem to be able to pick it up and they've just decided this year without Hill they're just going to decide to, to just do dumps and then decide to actually go for a 10 to 15 yards each time instead of trying to go for the big play. Yeah. So yeah, few I, deep I, think, I think it's, I think it's both. It's a couple both that and the fact that they don't have any massive wide receiver talent. I think it would be different if they still had someone like Hill um, that could show up downfield so quickly. That you could. I mean, they have Miko. Miko Hardman is a deep yeah. threat, but they haven't but used he's not, him at not all. Not that often. Not that often. He barely yeah. played the no, of the year. I have not IR. even seen him. Yeah, I haven't seen him in ages. Yeah, yeah, that's why. And he, only he, took a, he took he a only... dump on me and Kelly even... Cup, and then decided not to play again this whole year. You only have to look at how many different receivers um, Mahomes and the Chiefs have used over the whole season. And I, I can't. I don't have the full the full stat, but I think it is. Um, I think it is something like twenty something. So, um, yeah, it's it's a huge amount. Um, thoughts? What are Mark, your thoughts, you Mark? Your Mark? I was just going to say on the Kelsey thing, um, it was interesting listening to him on McAfee through the week that where mm. he sort of like, again, pa- sort of paraphrasing what he said, it was they had a plan for if they were going to double, if the Jays came out and doubled him. The looks they were getting, obviously, they, they just didn't bother because why bother? It's Travis Kelsey. You can double, triple him and it's not going to make a difference. And the thing with Mahomes is, as you rightly say, he's, he's just picking defences apart. So it's almost like he's evolved from going like the Josh Allen type where he's just going to bomb you to death to now he's more like Tom Brady where he'll kill you with a thousand cuts and he'll just, he'll, he'll beat you with whatever you're going to give him. And it's similar to how I guess Joe Burrow in a way is very similar as well. Um, mm. But that was, that was sort of what I took away from the Kelsey thing. Like, yeah, he had a day, but he was going to have a day either way. Well, let's move on to the Eagles hosting the New York Giants. Jesus, another um, one of these. Another one of these, exactly, mate. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think in no one's world, there was a whole heap of stuff going around early in the uh, early in the week before this game where a lot of NFL media liked to try and beat up that this was going to be a really close game. But I think the majority of people with half a brain knew that this was probably going to be the blowout game of the week. Uh, and it certainly was finishing thirty-eight to seven, but I guess there was always that little bit of hope after the uh, 
the Giants dominated Minnesota on defense the week before, uh, playing sort of full decks of DBs. Um, but Wink Martindale's plans sort of seem nowhere near as bulletproof as they were against the Vikings. Um, Taylor, I'll probably start you off with your uh, your Hurts background here. Was this a case of the moment being a bit too big for the Giants or uh, the Eagles and um, their offensive line that seemingly created massive holes for Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell um, to go 268 on the ground? Was it more of them showing up and showing that they're still that force that we all thought they were earlier in the season? Look, for the visual... Uh you know, viewers, here's um, the Giants' butt hole. No, uh, <laughs> look, honestly, this game was over quicker than my sex life, mate. It was it was seriously, you knew this game was done. Like, even before that, they went for it on fourth down. Obviously, Dable knew they couldn't stop the Eagles. Even when it was 7-0, he was like, we're going for fourth and eight. Like, we have to do this because we know we're not going to stop them down the other end. You brought it up best. When the Eagles can run the ball, they are almost unstoppable. Like 268 on the ground, no no one's beating them because all of a sudden when they're getting all that rushing game, rushing game, rushing game, then all of a sudden AJ Brown's open. Then all of a sudden Devontae Smith's open because they have to all of a sudden stack boxes and try and stop the running game. And then all of yeah. a sudden all their weapons are open and Jalen Hurts is you know, either running or throwing a bomb down the field. It was just when this team gets in front, they are so hard to stop. When they are on a roll, they are—they honestly can destroy you. And you even saw it in the regular season this year, how often they were up 21, 28 and a half times and stuff, and they just coasted in the second half because they can run the ball when they need to. And when a team can't stop them from running it, they, they cannot possibly come back against them. And honestly, this is all that was. They just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and then passed when they needed to. And the game was over in a blink of an eye. Like There's honestly nothing else to say. Yeah, look, the Giants probably, um, well, when I say probably, they definitely overachieved this year. No one expected them to be anywhere near where they were. They went to, obviously, a Vikings team and got a playoff win uh, under their belt. And honestly, I think they probably may as well just throw in a parade because that's all they ever wanted out of this postseason. I don't really think, honestly, even Giants fans probably expected, one, they'd be this far, but two, they'd win this game. Uh, and look, in the end, it was just a blowout. There's a huge difference between the teams. One team's ready to make a Super Bowl run. And the other was just basically just happy to be there. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, the, the thing you raised there with the Eagles and stopping them. Well, let me tell you one way that you stop them to troll the ball. That's it. That's the only way. If you look at the three losses they had this season, I mean, I know two of them were out hurts. Not going to dismiss you there. That's not dismiss you. But um, look, they had clear and obviously lost the time of possession. They lost it by like five minutes to the Cowboys and they got like doubled by both the Saints and the Commanders in time of possession. It was an absolute blowout there. So that's how you stop the Eagles is you got to control the ball because their offense is just that hard to stop. And the Giants, well, they don't have an offense outside of Saquon and maybe Daniel Jones' legs. Like they don't have any wide receivers, like you said, Taylor. They have nothing out there. Look, Darius Slayton's like their only like big play guy. Richie James dropped a wide open touchdown. It was just all going wrong. I mean, I know the game was over by then, but even then, that's like a representation of the Giants' offense. It's just they don't have that big guy at wide receiver that they need. And I think that's what they need in the offseason to find someone at wide receiver. 
because their defensive line is pretty good. Linebackers all right. Secondary is all right. But look, the offensive line needs a bit of work. The wide receivers, they need a lot of work. So that's what it is. You need to help Daniel Jones' development here, especially if you're going to give him a big money contract in this offseason. You've got to develop with him in the next year or so. You've got to help him get up the weapons, get the O-line all sorted because he's your future. He's your franchise right now. Sometimes a matchup on paper doesn't matter. Sometimes you can overcome it. This was a 38-7 difference in like what's on paper. Like the, the difference between the teams and the talent on offense, especially, uh, is literally the difference of this game. Like they're they're, they're just not they're worlds apart in terms of what they can do on offense. Both teams. Yeah, um, Major mentioned Daniel Jones here, uh, and obviously he's on his fifth year option this year. Uh, and he's been playing seemingly like a completely different quarterback that we saw in the first few years uh, of him with the Giants. Uh, but this game, he seemed to, Mark, he seemed to sort of almost be playing like the the guy who played in the first season at the Giants, didn't he? Yeah, I think, the, I think the occasion got to him a little bit. He just, he, he sort of had a, a very clear plan. Um you know, they lean on Saquon. They do what they do well. Um, Giants defense has sort of led the way for them in terms of just, as Manjot said, controlling the ball, um, which is massive. Um, but, yeah, there's just, just a couple of mistakes, and obviously the interception was massive. Um, I think Hassan Reddick was massive in this game, and he has been all yeah. year ever since coming across from Carolina. He's career best in sacks. Yeah, sorry, he's hit career best numbers for sacks. Um, and he was just a bit of a game wrecker in this one, so... Yeah, um, rough day for the Giants, but I think, and Taylor said it right, they were just happy, almost looked like they were just happy to be there. The New York fan base were just happy to have someone still alive. And I, I'd yeah. absolutely agree with that. It's been a long time since the New York Giants have been there too, right? Like, people will give yeah. my, my team a bit of shit for not making the playoffs very often, but no one expects that. Yeah. New York well, is a big been, market. And they're yeah, expecting they... to be that good most years, and they just haven't been. Yeah, Mark would know he's a Knicks fan, so yeah, they, they always have those. <laughs> sorry, Mark. Oh, Mark. I, I, just, oh, any chance I'm to sorry, bury man. Mark? What the hell's going on? No, <laughs> I just I'm sorry, teams. Put him in a body yeah. bag. <laughs> yeah, these two in a car park. I want to <laughs> let nature decide between these two. Oh. Just fifty calves. Uh, you've seen <laughs> the high difference, That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I think Mark's got that. Mark's got a height advantage by a mile too. Like it's he's no, tall. He's brother. got that wrestler build. No, what? Nothing he, he having a wrestling. No, Mark <laughs> would be all ground and pound. I reckon it'd just be. Yeah, he would just take me by the legs and then gone. I'm done. Yeah, I got no body strength. Man, Josh, yeah. UFC fighting Mark. He's punching me in his dreams. He's just all over the shop. Yeah, Man, Josh's got a lot of unresolved <laughs> anger issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does. Does look that smile's got a lot behind it, people. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Those waters run deep. Speaking of unresolved anger issues, Mark said he wants to bring some argument in. Surely <laughs> this is the time. This is we the time. Some... Let's do the game recap. So, no, we we oh, okay, okay. Maddie, I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this game. So, you, know, you did start there. Well, and and real quickly, it's. I mean, this was just it was boys against men, and we kind of knew that was going to be the case, but. One, the time of possession, Manjot makes an excellent point about that. You got you got to have the ball if you're going to win. Your opponent's running 44 times on you. 
I've never seen that be a recipe for winning, right? If, you, if the clock is running that much and you just don't have the ball. Secondly, Saquon gets like nine carries in this game. What's going on there? And then he's what has happened to Saquon? Because he was so much a part of their passing game when they were starting to look like he could do something. And then that whole thing with take Eli out, put in uh, Geno Smith for that one game, then get rid of Geno and put Eli back in and then draft Daniel Jones. And all of a sudden now Saquon is just, he's not part of the passing game anymore. And I don't really understand it. But my question that was, I was going to throw this to Ian is to go, right, your passing attack is now, who's the best receiver in that pack? And, and I would have said the best receiving option there is Saquon. He gets two catches. But it's best. It, it, he's the second most prolific receiver in that game. That's how bad it is. Nobody else has more than one catch except for Saquon who has two and Richie James who has five should have had six. How, who is the best catcher on that team now if we're not saying Saquon? And, and we're refusing to throw it to him. Who? If we're not saying Saquon, because I'd still say he's the best receiving threat on that team. And he was He was earlier in the season. This is what I don't get. We, we, he was having massive games earlier in the season. And nine attempts. Nine attempts for only 60-something yards, 61. And the average is there, which is fine. But, I mean, I understand, too, you're behind, so you can't kill the clock like that. But yeah, I understand. But what is going on? Fun. He's your best chance. What is? Yeah. I, I don't understand. And and if he's not your best chance, Richie James is? Daniel Bellinger <laughs> is? I, 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 don't, I don't understand. No, neither do I, mate. I don't either. Um, and I don't know that they have... It's certainly not their their best is certainly not Richie James or or Matt Breeder. Um so oh. <laughs> yeah, Hodgins. It's hard to say, mate. I think I think Darius Slayton, maybe, Layton. but he has um he's just been disappearing in games. And again, he did in this game. He was he was one for four yards. Um it's hey, just, Lawrence Cager outplayed him. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck Lawrence Cager yeah, is. Yeah, and this is my point at the start. <laughs> His mum doesn't know. What did the Giants... <laughs> He's a stranger in his own lounge room. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> this, is my, this is my point, right, at the start, was that what what have the Giants done uh, that they did last week? Because, for example, Darius Slayton was had uh, six targets for 79 yards yeah. against Minnesota the previous week. Um, and then he had 88 against them a few weeks ago. So... Why why are we not using him here? Um, what happened there? Why it just doesn't make any sense to me how you change up and I understand changing your your structure and the way you play a game yeah. for to, for your opponent, for specifically for your opponent. But going in, you already knew that the Eagles were were a, a heavy passing offense, uh, and that they could potentially also be a heavy rush offense. Now it's not that's not too dissimilar to the Vikings' offense. You've got big weapons in both passing and big weapons in a rush. Well, what the hell? And then, but you also knew that they they could. There are holes around the defensive line in in places as well, as well, especially around cornerbacks and things. And you can really get them on schemes and on on different plays. So I don't understand how you change it so substantially that you look like you are the Giants from 2018. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand why you do that. A week after they look great. Yeah, um, I will say though that like comparing the Eagles secondary to the Vikings is like a giant like fighting. Oh no, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. It is. It is fucking Jack and the Beanstalk shit. That is. 
Like it is just it's it's a difference between a secondary I, I and a tertiary. Yes, I oh, mate, we made that joke. That joke's been done, Ninja. Don't you? I get, I, I get the point though. It's on a cup. Because like, if Slayton's a huge part of one playoff game, like why is he all of a sudden just shelved? The yes. only thing I will say as well about Slayton is he's real hit and miss. I've brought that up on the fantasy pod during the year. He just seems to go missing in games. He's really big play uh, dependent. Like he. He'll often yeah. he'll have like twenty to twenty five yards per catch because all of his plays seem to be downfield. I'm wondering whether they should actually start using him in more intermediate routes because get mm. him moving almost like more. I know he's not far as fast Tyreek Hill or anything. That's what I'm saying. But if like a young man, John Melly, like just get him across the middle, start getting get him, him targets, feed middle, him the pill. Yeah, that's what. More that, that, see, once yeah, once I worked out how to do that flag, I've actually been playing better flag. But apart from but, that, yeah, I agree with Taylor. Scheme him in. He's Taylor's spot on. You've got to use Darius Slayton and throw his intermediate routes. Get him on a catch and run. Remember that spin touchdown he got for like 61 yards on that catch and run? Like, absolutely incredible. I think that was against like Carolina or something early this year. That was that was incredible. But look, I've well, got to say... There's, a, there's another one too on that when we talk about Darius Slayton. It's the same sort of thing. Is it, again, last week against the Vikings, Isaiah Hodgins. Now, he had a massive game. Yeah. And then you didn't you don't use him again. So yeah, I, I don't understand those two things. That was the same thing when they had Kadarius Tony, if you guys remember. When they, they wouldn't even use Kadarius Tony despite how talented he was. Then they gave him off to the Chiefs for like absolutely nothing. I'm really interested to see what they do at wide receiver. I think they should go after a few big dudes. Like I've heard Hopkins on the trade market. I think they should go after a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Or T. Higgins or someone like that. They need a dog like that at wide receiver because, man, that's going to absolutely be essential for the next few years. Mark, you were going to say? No, they are mocked to take a receiver in the first round. Uh, Quinton Johnson's been thrown, but so he's a bigger body. Um, the issue with him, and he's part of my next wide, uh, my wide receiver deep dive. Um, hey. Hey. I'll give you a little scoop. He's um bug, bug. He, his only issue is because he's really tall and he's he's very he's upright. So he hasn't played a lot against uh, against a lot of press. So that'll be a major concern for him if they do go down that route. That receivers are just going to jam him at the line. But they that that is expected. That they will address wide receiver in the draft, and as yep. they should because it's a massive need for them. Massive is. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. We've got to keep moving. So let's go to the next one, a very snowy Highmark Stadium uh, where Hi, the Bills hosted the Hi. Bengals. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Um, That's the lowbrow comedy you get on this podcast. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've already, made two, I've already made two dick jokes, and I assure you there's more yeah. to come. Um, there better be more. <laughs> yeah, so... That's unders. I'm just going to... I'm going to go with straight up with the, the question we were this for. And I'm going to throw it out. Anyone can answer this straight up, I think. So we were told the entire season that the Bills were an absolute wagon. Um, but did we somehow forget that the Bengals were still part of the AFC? Did we forget this? I didn't. <laughs> I'll admit I, I did. Um, I'll admit uh, I was wrong about the Bengals. I, I was wrong about them last year too. I'll admit that they are genuine force. I'll apologize to all the Bengals fans. I know a few of them in my DMs, especially a few oh. AC Gridiron players. I know, I know that I don't want them running through me, you know, in the flag day we're going to have in a few weeks. But look, 
<laughs> I was wrong about them. I know I was wrong about the boys. Joe Burrow's that guy. He is the best quarterback in the AFC, not named Patrick Mahomes. And that is a fact that I'm willing to stand behind now. I, I was actually pretty much on the Joe Burrow MVP train too, so I wasn't doubting him fully. Was surprised not to see him in the top five MVP votes that came out today. Very, very sad to see that. But anyway, the Bengals are a real team. They're better than the Bills. They showed everyone why you shouldn't doubt them. And look, give them all the refunds for all the game. All the people who bought tickets to that Atlanta game, get your refunds right now because the Bengals are going to Arrowhead. Oh, it would seem like they are, but I mean, they've still got to. Uh, they've still got to do something. <laughs> uh, they still do something this week. So, anyway, let's go with this one. Um, what about uh, we saw a vision of Diggs sort of drawing at Josh Allen and the QB coaches going off at them for not receiving anything. Uh, Marky Mark. Yes, he's the right guy to go to. Marky Mark's a Diggs truther. <laughs> Is there trouble here in paradise? Because obviously, we saw. We also had the report. About uh, about Diggs leaving the um, leaving the facilities early, packing up his shit and walking out while everyone else was still sitting around, and he had to be brought back in before he left again. And then there's stuff on Twitter this week. Is there trouble in paradise? Is uh, Stefan Diggs on the way out? Fuck, I hope so. There's been one constant, in, <laughs> and we know that the first two years of Josh Allen have been like they're a wash, right? He just he looked he looked nothing like he does now. Then year three, Diggs drops in. Um, Allen goes off the, and he, obviously Allen knew how to play football I'm not saying that just because Diggs got there suddenly he knew how to read a field better but obviously having a receiver that separates and draws a better coverage away opens up a lot more um, I do believe there's something there and when you look at Allen's numbers he's actually regressing every year since that breakout year so hmm. I do think and I, I, there are reasons behind it like the fact that and I think Sean McDermott needs to, as much as they're winning, and I've had this argument about Mike Tomlin as well, he does need to wear some blame and he does his seat does need to be a little hot. You've had six years there and you still have not got – how have you not got a running game? Like you've got the best – you've got the second best defense in the league statistically points-wise. You've got your quarterback. You've got – your offensive line is pretty solid, but you don't yeah. have a running game. And I was going to – going to ask that matt mark sorry i'll keep it no, back no, to you do you do you feel like the bills have built themselves a dome team like do you feel like they've seriously <laughs> though like i said this during the week did not every year they're, de- they're yeah, he is the same thing. as soon as it gets cold like at the end of the year yeah. like Diggs's numbers go to shit at the second half of the year and I'm wondering with your, your digs and your Gabriel Davis and your, 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 your pass captains <laughs> out of the backfield, are they building a team that's actually suited for a dome and not one that Buddy plays their game in Buddy Buffalo? I said that, I said the same thing during the week, remember? Like, it's yeah. just um, all the, the Bills fans constantly getting on at people and telling them they need to harden up and play in the snow more and be, you know, and, and carrying on in this way. Uh, yet, if this was in a dome, I think it would have been a very, very different game, and we would have seen yeah. the the high class, the high quality game that we should have seen from these two teams. Yeah. Yeah. Play all the playoffs in Atlanta. That's the solution. All yeah. playoffs in Atlanta <laughs> or Detroit. They should move their team to Detroit. Remember how Detroit. good they were playing at Ford Field for that entire week? 
they had it for field the two games in like four days. It was incredible how they were playing, and now they look like absolute yeah. trash and snow, like you said. So, Mark, yeah, your, sorry, Mark. your response to this one? Yeah, yeah, he's um, oh, I forgot where I was then. He's there. Um, they sent to me. They look like a breeze led um Saints team. They, they're just going to more spread, and they're allowing an mm-hmm. Allen to run the ball. The problem is he's taking more hits. His body is going to break down. So yeah. this guy that they've got that is talented enough to probably win them Super Bowl won't, and they won't win a Super Bowl with him because they rely on him so heavily to do everything. And, and that's safe team played in the dome, right? Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> or they could just build a dome and they're fine. I don't know why they don't have a dome. It snows yeah, there fucking exactly. every year. I don't know why they don't have a lid on it. I just understand. You don't need <laughs> a dome in Jacksonville. Fine, they've got a pool deck, but you need this a fucking lid. In here it doesn't snow. It's got to be here. Right? What the, the fuck? Um, but in all Look, sincerity, got- when, we went to, when we went to Buffalo and played them, Tua nearly outplayed him. And yeah. this is a guy yeah. that they say can't throw. He can't throw deep. And he nearly outpassed Josh Allen. He looked better than Josh Allen did. Yeah. Mark, is yeah. I've got a question for you. Is this is this it for the Bills? They have a ton of free agents to have to sign. Not much cap space to sign all of them. Got big names like like Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, their offensive guy, I think Sappold. Yeah, Sappold they've got to sign as well. They've got all these free agents that they have to sign. Do they do they blow up? Is that is that a legitimate question we should ask, Mark? Yeah, I, absolutely. They they will not win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen. Not not the way they're built now. They have to keep that Ooh. defense and they have to pray that James Cook learns how to be a three-down back. That's the only way they're going to win a Super They're going to even go close to a Super Bowl. James Cook is looking like uh, getting better and better every week. He seems to be more involved. He's um, another one like Pacheco. Yeah. But he actually looks a lot like his brother did early on. Mm. Yeah. So 100%. I think he can develop into that guy. But also, yeah, that defense, they really need a few of those guys back. But Jordan Poyer is over, the, over 30, so he's not going to have many seasons left there. Tremaine Edmonds, still a young guy, only like 24, because he was drafted when he was like 19. So he's got a ton of years left in him. But they need to sign him as soon as possible before he goes away into free agency because he's going to get a massive contract. Is is this it? Because you're saying Allen's regressing as well. Because it just it's hard to see after Allen got injured with his elbow injury. It, it was just hard to see Allen really come back this year into being a better player, better passer. Because once that elbow injury happened, he's pretty much hit a cliff where he's just gone down. And I don't know. Is there something to look at there? I I know there hasn't been reports about it for weeks, but. Maybe Alan's hiding some pain here or there. It's just it's, something's up with them. I I don't know. Maybe you're right. Alan may never win the Super Bowl. Maybe he has a choking curse or something. Maybe he he won't get there at all. He's never got to one. Maybe Diggs will forever be standing at the Kansas City parade, just watching confetti. them win a conference championship <laughs> with the confetti at Arrowhead. Maybe he's forever standing there, and never going back there. Maybe they're never getting there. That's the problem with the Bills. You don't know. Patriots and Dolphins could come up next year. Who knows? This is- it's, it's not just their offense we should be looking at. Like, there was a red flag the size of Shaq's dick staring out. Their defense is terrible. Like, I know they got those injuries. I'm not saying from the, like, if they were healthy, I, don't th- I think their defense is a lot better. I get it. But the way that they were playing defensively over the second half of the year and especially in the, the games leading into the playoffs and the first round against Miami, 
like Skylar Thompson red, led Miami. That team looked horrendous. Like if anyone is wondering why the Bengals went in there and won so easily, it's because their defense was licking nuts. They were so, so bad. And honestly, yeah. I think Bar- in, the, in the snow, Burrow made them look like they were, should have been in the XFL. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah so their rush, their rushing defense was was good. Like it was, they were the second best defense on the season yeah. for a rushing attack. But through the air, you're right. Like the, so the injuries were bad. But yeah, to your point, man, Josh, just on on Allen. Well, yeah, he is going to regress because he's so reliant on his physical gifts to be able to make magic happen. And yeah. physical gifts will decline over time. And you know, the body's yeah. your body will just get older. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get fitter. It's not going to get younger. It gets older. So when your physical gifts go, what does he have to lean on? Well, he's not a highly like a processor. Like he's not like Tom Brady. He's not like Mahomes. So we said before, he can kill you with a thousand cuts. That's not that's not who Allen is. No. Makes a Do lot of mistakes. On he that does. point, yeah, with the processing, do they shift the offense in the offseason? Because Ken Dorsey could be on the way out. Could be getting a head coaching role. I think they could potentially shift the offense to be more like Kansas City, more like that New England team where they just throw more intermediate routes rather than going deep. I think that might actually work for Josh Allen. Yeah. They might I have to spend a whole off. I think they should. I think they should because you're playing in the cold. You want to have those intermediate routes to really throw to. That's why Tom Brady won at Foxborough for all those years because, well, in the cold weather, you can't really throw. He just threw, like, short balls to everyone. Allen, he might have the physical gifts, but you can use them. He can get a quick release time, throw a fastball faster than anyone, and then just get it to Dawson Knox, get it to Diggs on the slant get it to Gabe Davis on an in route. Just do some of those sort of things. I think that's something that Buffalo could really get into. What do you think, Matty, about this entire Buffalo situation? Haven't heard from you recently. Well, you got to do something like that. I mean, you take away one of the most explosive players in the entire league off Patrick Mahomes, and he only goes out and throws more touchdowns and more yards that very next year with what we described as a team full of twos. Um, so it's not impossible. The thing about Josh Allen is, though, he just can't help himself, and he's going to give you two opportunities every game. He is just going to do it. He's going to throw it. He's Andrew like in that respect that he will just back himself to throw it somewhere. It should not go. I liked Andrew like a lot, but he would do that every damn game. And I kind of liked that we were in a division against him because those if you took advantage of them, you'd just beat him. Um, but if you missed them, then he was going to just clobber you, and that's kind of the story of Buffalo. They've got $150 million their cap tied up in five players next year. So it, it has to change. It has to change. And yeah. um, I think you, you end up seeing potentially this Buffalo team wind up being one of those teams that will scrape into being one of the lower, like the wild card seeds over time. Because as you say, Allen's good enough to just win them some games. But, you know, if they've got all this money tied up in a few players and they don't change something and they've got to rely on hero ball, man, um, there's a ceiling. There's an absolute ceiling to that. In baseball terms... Josh Allen just wants to hit a home run. He doesn't want to get yeah. a single or a double. He just wants to hit too many home runs. And in the end, a baseball team wins when they have a lot of guys trying to hit singles. Yeah, because guys on base, the home run counts for more. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. One more question I had. So, interestingly enough, when you look at the eight coaches in divisional round, Sean McDermott was the single one that was defensive-minded. Out of all eight of them, he's the only one out of eight that was a defensive-minded head coach. He was a defensive coordinator at Carolina before he came to Buffalo. So 
what do you guys think? Do you think defensive-minded head coaches can still win in this league, or do you have to have an offensive-minded head coach? This is a question I want to throw out to everyone. No. no. I said this last year with the Vikings. It's, I was so vocal around you. No, remember Manjot? Zimmer. Around yeah. moving on from Zimmer because it, it was it's no longer a league where you can say defences and only defences win championships. The league over the last few years has shifted to very much more of you need to have an amazing offence. You still need to have a defence and you need to have a good defence because you get to this time of year and its defences will win these playoff games. Yes. To get through the regular season now, you need to have offences that are firing everywhere. And it, it only really comes, as we can see, from offensive-minded head coaches who are controlling their teams and, and saying, this is where we're going to. You, and you just need to have good defensive coordinators who want to stick mm. with a team for three or four seasons so that you can build around that and build a system that works to pair with an offense. I just don't think, yeah, I mean, that's me. Me as a Vikings fan, that's what I was going about last year with mm-hmm. Zimmer had gotten too old. And we talked about all all these philosophies had gotten too old. They just did not work in the NFL anymore. And yet we were still sticking with it. And the, the difference is we get an offensive minded head coach this year, or a really offensive focused head coach this year. And suddenly we're winning games that we were losing by the same margins the year previous. I was going to say quickly, it's a bit of a cop-out to even try and tag yourself as someone who's a specialist on either side of the ball. Like, I, I really feel like you should be a coach that's adaptable. Like, I feel yeah. like you, if you're just going to say you're a defensive specialist or an offensive specialist, I think you're probably doing something wrong. I think you should be actually being – I know you've got coordinators. I get that. I get that you've always got a side you're going to slightly go to. But in the end, every game's different. It's, it, I don't think you can play some awesome offensive style against every single team. And I don't think you can yeah. play a defensive style against every single team. I think everyone pairs different. This is why when we look at fantasy stuff, we we check the defensive ratings yeah. and the offensive ratings. We check all this stuff because sometimes people just match up better in certain ways against the other team. And if yeah. you're just going to say, oh, I'm an offensive guy, I'm just going to try and outscore the other team every single week, I just don't think it's going to work. So I think you need to be adaptable to be a coach in this league. Oh, I think that's obviously that's the, the trademark of a of a amazing head coach as well, is that they understand both sides of the ball and can coach both sides of the ball if need be. So yeah. I, um, I agree with you though, like offensive guys that are like probably leaning towards being offensive guys seem to be taking over more than guys that are leaning towards being defensive guys, because I just think the game's changed. Where the rules are going, though, too. The rules are just giving you more and more latitude as an offensive player, and they're protecting the passer a lot more, too. And and I don't think that there's a lot of mystery in why that is. Also, you can't hit a guy terribly high, and you can hit him as low as you want, and no one's going to sue the league in 30 years in a um, in like a big class action for all the ACLs, right? Because ACLs repair, and people walk again, and they're fine, but heads don't. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of work gone into that, which has then just kind of flowed into, well, and the game is now more lending towards offense and it's harder to do things well defensively in a high contact sport without getting in trouble. Mm. Offensive um, was, doesn't exist anymore. I was just yeah. going to say, sorry, Ian, before we move on, I don't know if you're going to stick to this game or move to the next one. I think we probably should just quickly say something about the Bengals. Well, I was, my, yeah, my, 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 my next point was going to be, we've, we've, oh, did they play? 
No, we. Yeah, my my next point was going to be we've done exactly what my first question was, and we've just completely forgotten about the Bengals, and this yeah, whole conversation yeah. has been about the Bills. So on that, I I mean, my main question is. Have they gotten obviously? Have they gotten better from the Bengals team we saw at this time last season? So obviously last season they were trash in offensive line and they were letting Burrow get sacked way too many times. Um, and it's surprising that Burrow himself didn't have a ridiculous amount of concussions. But in this game we uh, saw we saw their offensive line dominate. The, the defensive line of uh, of Buffalo, admittedly, uh, as Taylor said, they were actual balls. They're just terrible. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. But they were they were create <laughs> they were creating massive holes for Joe Mixon to just walk through um, untouched. So uh, are they are they better than they were at this time last year? Have they actually improved? Are they going to be able to protect a quarterback long enough to actually win a Super Bowl? Major? Yeah, I think they will. I, I think they can win the Super Bowl. And I, I honestly think they should be the favourites or second favourite behind Philly. Uh, it's a toss-up between those two. And here's the reason why. I think that the Bengals, they've tailored their offence. The reason why their O-line is doing better is because they don't have to protect as much anymore. Joe Burrow is getting the ball out a lot quicker this year. I've been seeing it. I, I think he's held onto the ball way less I've been seeing more quick passes to guys like Higgins and Chase. It's just, it's incredible. The offensive adjustment from Zach Taylor. And even then, they're down like a couple of starters, three starters, actually. They're down three starters on that O-line. Lyle Collins, Jonah Williams, and I can't remember the others. I think it was the center as well, Ragnow. But yeah, they're down three guys. And look, they're just still doing absolutely incredible. And the two tackles they had last year are actually playing now because they, they stuck with them as backups and then now they stepped up and they're playing a lot better against the Bills D-line for example they didn't allow many sacks I don't think they allowed more than like three or something from what I saw they, they were just protecting all day Mixon was just running through it all those holes as you said and I think that O-line is improving. It's a big testament to Zach Taylor, the offensive line coaches and offensive coordinators and everything for coaching up that O-line and that offensive scheme. Let's move on to the next one here because keep thinking about what Manjot just said here. Let's move on to the, the next game uh, against Manjot. Manjot's 49ers. And I'll go last. The, the, I'll Dallas, go last. the Dallas Cowboys. No, man. No, no, no. This one's perfect for you <laughs> no, after no, what no. you just no, said. No, you guys go first. I, I have a lot to say. You guys <laughs> okay. go first. Otherwise, right you won't be able to hear the end of it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll keep quiet. <laughs> at least, you, at least you admit it, Major. At least you admit it. So this game was touted as, as one of uh, something that was supposed to be a massive shootout uh, between two amazing offenses. But we actually saw the exact opposite, and it seemed to be a defensive masterclass for at least the uh, for both sides in the first half. The first quarter alone, uh, the drives for both teams, the drives were punt, 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 interception, field goal to end the first quarter. Um, so it was just amazing defensively for both teams. Um, but it seemed that the 49ers' D is just too big. Surely this is the defense that can win a championship. Uh, let's go, Taylor. 
Yeah, I wasn't really surprised how this game panned out. I I had some guys that that, that put a, um, some pretty decent sized bets on, and I sometimes give tips for them. And I I said for them to smash unders in this game. Mm. I I really didn't think this was going to be a shootout, and and the main reason is the Niners like to establish a run game, and I really thought it wasn't going to come to fruition against Dallas. Like Dallas is really really good at defending the run, and they they showed that against Christian McCaffrey. He had a pretty terrible yards per carry, honestly. Uh, and, and in the end, it was just a really, really almost old-school slugfest for a while there. Like, it wasn't until the second half that sort of Purdy really got going. He hit Kittle, obviously, for that amazing catch on his helmet. And, um, you know, some stuff just sort of went their way. Like, you know, I, I don't think the Niners really dominated this game. I reckon it honestly could have gone either way. Like, you, you watch... Um, Star, oh, that's a Stefan Diggs, Trayvon Diggs. If he catches that intercept in the in the end zone, the game is completely different. Like it was really, really close. Like this was, uh, like, like this could have gone either way. I know everyone likes to talk shit about to the Cowboys fans, as we all do, and they deserve it. Uh, but this honestly <laughs> could have easily gone the other way, and I really don't think this was a Niners masterclass by any stretch. I think it, it could have gone either way at any stage. And yeah, the defense has just showed up, and and I think you're going to get that out of the Niners every week. I will say Purdy did enough. I, I I don't think he was outstanding by any stretch, but the fact was in this offense, that's what he needed to be. He just needed to make the plays that were there, uh, and obviously having a kicker that actually can kick between the posts obviously helps for the Niners because Gould hasn't missed a kick in his entire playoff career. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely good for him. So well, I mean, you. I can't believe it. The, the thing that stood out to me about defensively in this game was that we didn't see a touchdown until very late in the, the first half, and then uh, it really didn't come again until the fourth quarter. Um, and that's more what I was meaning in terms of defensive masterclasses. It was one of those. You could have been mistake, almost been mistaken for thinking that uh, Bill Belichick was leading one of these sides with the way that, that both of them were playing defensively. Um, despite some of the numbers from uh either side in fact and we've we've talked about i guess his other his other counterpart george kittle here we talked about travis kelsey in the chiefs game george kittle was was huge here in this game as travis kelsey is for the chiefs uh the other big numbers to come out of this game was actually cd lamb and amazingly uh does not get a cd in this game but does has 10 for 117 um 11.7 average which is Huge for any player, uh, especially in the playoffs, um, with that many targets. I asked for more screens. More screens for CD. More screens for CD. And I, and I received it. Probably still not enough. They could have done it so 100%. much more. Against the Niners last year, I think he had like one or two catches. They just didn't even get him involved at all. Yeah, and this yep. game, they finally did it. And honestly, it made a massive difference. I know they lost, but they still should have kept doing it. Mark, your thoughts on this game? Any? Yeah, look, we wail a lot. Like, everybody's wailed on Dak, and I guess rightfully so. Like, some of the play, and that last play, I mean, it was laughable <laughs> to think that that was going to work. <laughs> but when you look at his what's numbers... Wrong, his, what's wrong with the annexation of Puerto Rico, mate? Zeke Elliott. <laughs> it, actually, you know what? He's probably a better centre than what he has been a running back this year. Oh, I just don't. <laughs> I don't understand how, as a running back, you still don't understand that when the centre snaps the ball, he plants his feet. Yeah, his feet. I'll just run backwards. Hang and, on. And you have the advantage as the center because you are snapping the ball. So you know when the ball's getting released. So you know when to plant your feet and move in a forward motion. And I don't understand how he just stands up like he was a defensive back or something. Like, just, hey, oh, look, there you go. Trying like, to be a 
it looks a lot like how when I block, if uh, someone's coming around the side <laughs> on a jet sweep and you got Matty C downfield blocking for you, it looks a lot like that. Just I, FYI. Probably one of the most, and sorry, Mark, I was just I uh, derailed you again here, but um, one of the That's most amazing things I've, I heard out of this, <laughs> out of this, straight out of this, was that apparently they, when they thought about doing this play, when they drew this play up, they didn't expect that Dak would get rushed so hard so that they were throwing a pass rush. With no one to block him. They didn't anticipate that. (laughs) You've got one fucking center against against one fucking player against possibly one of the best pass rushers in the league. You don't think that you unmarking Bosa and he is not going to run full force at you? Like, what are you talking about? He's probably lucky that Dak wasn't an imprint in the field like Zeke was. Like, it's just... (laughs) Apparently they didn't see that play Indy ran a few years ago. That was literally <laughs> yeah, the, the Griff Whalen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, except that the Indy play we've all been told from McAfee that was the ball was never supposed to be snapped. No, what are you <laughs> doing, Whalen? <laughs> Jesus. If I'm running a you play like that, I'm, I'm getting an NRL backline style and I'm just getting a tipping it on. As soon as someone yes. comes at me, I'm tipping it on. That's and then you see on the near side of the screen, that's what everyone was doing. The ball gets to the receiver who is meant to just chuck it, but everyone had gotten past him. Like he was too shallow, and everyone so at the, the near side of the screen was level or further, and there was this nowhere to pass it to. What I think they did yeah. well. So that last play is it's it's annoying. Atrocious. Right? Worst play in the NFL. <laughs> but for a team who went down two turnovers on the road against a you know defense for the ages, they're a kid or catch away from that's probably an overtime game. Oh, yeah. What the yeah. fuck is San Francisco doing? Mm-hmm. Like, that's both quarterbacks are 200 yards that's, that's each. Everyone can only run ball. for three yards a carry. Mm-hmm. If it's not for this miracle, Kittle hangs on to this ball for 27 or 37 yards. Whatever. 37, was it, Manjot? He'll know. Um, yeah. That puts so. them in the, the range 31. to keep that drive 31. going. 31. And and they end up getting the eventual touchdown off that that they hadn't done all day. They hadn't even gotten near that zone all day in their own stadium. Um, I just thought, gee, if you were going to have an embarrassingly bad day out and somehow survive it, good to have it and survive it. The plates are wobbly for me. I'm terrified about them next week. They had every advantage and they couldn't even, they couldn't even impressively beat a Dallas team. No one thought had a legit shot. Maddie's yeah, wearing water. That's all matters. He's getting dunked on anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, I owe that. I now am four liters of water in the deep, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make another bet with somebody today. I reckon just to see if we can undo some. Let's go for a swim. Right. It'll be easier. <laughs> Manjot, Manjot. All right, well, let's let's go, Manjot. Let's see what we can get in. Unloading I'm ready, boy. man. I'm ready, man. All right. First off, full disclaimer: I was watching my boy's Jack's house. You know, he was a Cowboys fan. It's very, very interesting to see him wearing Michael Parsons jersey while I was wearing a Fred Warner jersey with Devo Samuel jersey underneath. So look, it was all gone. Oh, double jersey, man, John. Yeah, yeah. I, I do it jersey. every week. Fuck, I it's do like it every 100 week. Degrees. Yeah, every week I literally put on a Devo. It's just a Devo T-shirt and then like an actual <laughs> Fred Warner jersey that I'm wearing right now for you visual wearers there. But look, for the game, the boys are talking shit. They said this Purdy. Linsanity run would end today. Linsanity. You know what? It, yeah, he called wow. everyone's using this Linsanity run term now. That's They're like, so oh, good. yeah, this run will end. Yeah, it's, it's a meme now. So, look, this Purdy Linsanity run did not end that day because, look, the Niners, they knew how to win. They did their job. They did it. Look, the thing is, during the week, Skip Bayless, man, I, I heard you. I think the whole team heard you. He said, 
Brock Purdy would get outplayed by Dak Prescott. Almost anyone would have probably said that. But look, Brock Purdy outplayed Dak Prescott. He did. did. He did not get outplayed. Look, Dak Prescott. He was alarmingly good, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dak Prescott was alarmingly bad. He was not good. Yeah. Dak Prescott was horrible in this game. Let me be. Let me put that out there. I know he had. That's a what it took for Purdy to outplay him. He needed Dak to be bad. Purdy wasn't him. good. He still outplayed him. He still outplayed. And look, the thing is, Cowboys fans are going into the what ifs and everything. But the fact of the matter is, Dak Prescott had this game. He had to carry the team. No Tony Pollard, but Zeke Elliott as running back. Dak Prescott could not carry this team. I've been trying to defend this dude for years, but I'm off the bandwagon now. Dak Prescott officially is what Mark interject before I go more into this. I've I've never been a Dak guy ever, but in fairness to him, statistically in this game, he was actually better than what he was against Houston earlier this year. So (laughs) it wasn't his worst game, but not far off. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fair. But in the playoffs... And that's what San Francisco skated past is the second worst game of Dak Prescott's life. I'm just, uh, I'm terrified for him. Sorry, man, you're terrified. Yeah, look, I think we tried to hand him the game as many times as we could. I I was, look, Ray Ray, man, he he bumbled that part return. I got flashbacks to Carl Williams' 2011 NFC Championship game. I was was literally about to cry. I was like, this is over. Ray Ray, why you bumbled that? Give them a free field goal. I don't, I'm surprised Mark kicked that, by the way. But look, the hey, he's great at field goals. Fully, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't miss field Niners goals. Been fully shaky. Yeah, the Niners have been really shaky to start off this playoffs. These two games, really being a bit disappointed. Mm. I, I wasn't expecting us to blow out Dallas, though. I said Niners by three on the, on our previous show, which yep. was almost right. We did win by seven, so he still won by a score. But I was expecting us to play a close game. I was I was expecting more twenty four twenty one game, not nineteen twelve game, because man, it, it was it was tough. Bad defense, they really showed that they can do it. The run game could not get going. The offensive line had a lot of a lot of blocking problems in this game. Very very disappointed in, in a lot of the O line, except for Trent Williams, he was incredible. Mike McGlinchey needs to improve on the right side. Those guards need to improve. The centers need to improve. That's Brendel, of course. The center, he needs to improve. For me, I'm pretty happy. I did. I've been talking shit about Dallas all year. I knew I was. I was about to say this is going to come back to bite me. But every time they prove me right, I finally caught on. I wasn't going to believe in Dallas this year. I knew there'd be quick exits. They got really overhyped. Their fans. They said we want the Niners. They they wanted us. Oh, well, they got us. They got us. They're out now, man. <laughs> They're out. Look, they, they wanted to wish injury on CMC. They wanted to say CMC would get outplayed by Pollard and everything. Look, CMC ran in the, the game-defining touchdown on them. That's the thing. That was the difference at the end of the day. The Niners, I know you guys are going to say they're shaky. They don't look good, and that's true. But at the end of the day, yeah. they did enough to win the game. They, the offense... They have one good drive to win the game. And look, that's enough sometimes in the playoffs. The defense is so good enough that they can support the offense on the bad days. When the defense has a bad day, the offense can support them on a bad day. That's what I like about this Niners team is that on both sides of the ball, they can actually find a way to win. It's just, it's incredible. The amount of ways I could count in this 12-game winning streak, we've probably won in 12 different ways because that's how good this team has been 
Man, I, I'm excited for this week. I know we probably won't do a preview show, but man, I'm excited to face the Eagles this week. And I, I know I should be scared. The Eagles are favorites and they should be. I'm excited. I, I just think, you know, going in as the underdogs, that's what we like to be. That's where we want to be. That's where the Niners want to be right now. It's the underdogs in the playoffs. That's what we want to do. And look, we're going to Philly. Everyone's expecting us to get hammered in this game. Yeah. Everyone's already reading us off. They've given the Eagles their their damn NFC Championship hats, their damn NFC Championship T-shirts, their damn NFC Championship banners and everything. It's already written for them. They already got it. Well, the Niners, I, I hope they go in their house and absolutely take all of that away from them, send it to all the poor kids in the world who will get all those hats and T-shirts. Literally, true story, by the way. They actually do. That's the actual thing they do. But, look, I'm really hoping that the Niners actually go into Philly and shock the world. No one's expecting a rookie quarterback taken with the last pick of the draft to go into Philly against the number one seed, the NFC champions are calling to every single person in the world. They're not expecting us to go you know why? and shock the world. <laughs> yeah, you know the Eagles, because everyone's saying the Eagles are the better team. And that yeah. is true. They do have matchup advantages at very important positions. I don't. I think I don't think they're better. I don't think they're better. I'm with it. And I think I, was, I think the I'm, Niners are I'm a massive going, chance of winning this game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I actually just, going there I too. Was, that, where's Mark I'm land just, on this? Am I on an island? Let's just yeah, let's just hey, no. Let's just remember that the Eagles beat the Saints. Standard, um, you know, trying to take the pressure off by saying everyone thinks the Eagles are going to win. No, he's doing both, haven't you? No. Heard? Oh, we're the underdogs. We're so we're going to yeah. go in there and steal <laughs> it from them. The underdogs. We're, no, we're, we're going to shock the, the world. That's they not the underdogs. We're underdogs. not going to shock the world. The underdog goes, man, we're probably not going to win. He's doing both. Look, he's doing both. He's sitting on both sides of the fence. Yeah, hundred percent. He's the Eagles, and then he'll go. I called that. roller coaster. And let's be clear. Let's be clear. When we say underdogs, at the moment, they're, the Eagles are two and a half point favorites. Well, yeah. That's not even an underdog. Nothing. It may as well be even. So yeah, and it's, it's not going to be. I mean, that close. that's pretty much home field advantage. But still, that is, like that the, is home field advantage, and that's all it is. Yeah. And, and the and thing I'm, is, yeah, yeah. We we also I want also, I want the 49ers to win because the the Eagles have the worst fan base in the entire world oh, in, I, of sports. Man, them and the Seahawks. I, yeah, I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Back when I was in high school, there was this Eagles fan absolutely roasting me. And this is when the Niners were absolute dog shit. This was like the 2015 to 2018. That's when I was in high school, guys. So look, we're absolute dog shit every single year. This dude would pile on me every single year. Like every single day at school, man, we'd have an NFL debate. Man, I, I was praying he would never, never, ever, ever raise up the Niners. You know, I was just like, God dang, I, I'm not, I'm not going to like touch the Niners at all. I'm just going to talk about other teams whether Derek Carr will win MVP this 2016. And we've had it. Seahawks fans, they've been giving us shit. Cowboys fans are giving us shit. Eagles fans giving us shit. I'm really hoping for the perfect postseason where we actually give it back to the Eagles this time, man. That would be absolutely a dream. There's no point in going against the Niners for me because 
why would I? I'm a Niners fan, man. Like, but I do expect Philly to win. Like, Philly has a better roster than us. That is true. I can accept that. But the Niners have this underdog factor that I'm really, really excited by. And honestly, I can fully see the Niners win this game because they're just a good football team. And if the run, if the Niners get the run game going early, the Eagles won't be winning. That's the fact. The, if the Niners' run game goes plays the full 60 minutes, the Eagles won't see the ball much for – they might not even see the ball for more than 20 minutes. That's that's the truth. That's how good the Niners' run game can be. If the Niners' run game is on fire, the Niners will blow out the Eagles. Or I'll even make, just I'll win by – the Niners yeah. will run the ball far better against the Eagles than they did against the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I guarantee it. I agree. And look, Saquon, he got, what, seven yards of carry on nine rushes we talked about earlier. Pretty much seven yards of carry. They had more rushing yards and passing yards against the Eagles, the Giants did. So, look, I can fully accept, uh, expect a similar game script from the Niners this week. I'm fully expecting a full-on run at their throats game. I, I want to see CMC get 15 carries. I want to see Elijah Mitchell get 15 carries or split it somehow. But I want a 40-play running game. That's this is all going out the window when it's 14-zip in the first quarter. <laughs> like, you know, and it's all like, Purdy to the rescue. You better put your cape on, kid. Like, it's, it's There's sweet. no chance. Of, if they're 14 nil up, there's no chance. Yeah, it, that, the Niners no chance, aren't yeah. going to win this. The Niners aren't going to win this in the back of Brock Purdy. The minute they, they're, they're behind, they're, yeah, that's it. They don't have the that horses. Purdy doesn't have to do much. They just run the hell out of it against the Eagles. Yeah, I want them to be behind yeah. against Seattle in your own building. They, they essentially, they the Niners need to have a game where Purdy's just like a solid. I don't know, like a solid 150 yards passing, really, and it's all just down Makes the middle. You're running. Yeah, all running. Or you go to the, or you yeah. go to the 2019 AFC Championship game script. Only game throw eight passes like Jimmy G that day. Yeah. Get get the team to just run. Find Raheem Mostert and Christian McCaffrey and just get them to run for four touchdowns. How about yeah. that? Greens That's to Debo. What- Greens to Debo. That's where all these passing yards should come from. Or Kittle, or like something small to Kittle. Kittle, Kittle over the middle. Yeah. Play action to Kittle through the middle. Yeah, yeah. Kittle, the play Kittle action over the middle. Fucking- Kittle over the middle. Playing a fiddle. Yeah. I just want to say Dal loss, Cowboys. That was the last game of the season for the Cowboys, man. I've seen that joke a million times already. Still gets me to this day. Look, I'm going to say Dallas, another failed season, by the way. Just wanted to finish on (laughs) that. So um, I think we can all surmise from that 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 Manchot is going for the 49ers this week. Yeah, Um, I I kind of got that. Yeah, glad you got that. <laughs> but the Eagles have a far better team. Yes, the Eagles so, have a better team. So he's going for the Look, Eagles it, and the 49ers, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm football. essentially saying... He's going for football. Yeah. He's a company man. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Football's I'm, I'm like, what's his football name? Football is the real winner. <laughs> oh, oh, 2019 NFC Championship game reference. The actor, Rob Lowe, Raw, and NFL show. Like, just with the NFL logo. That's this. Yes. Uh, oh, he's, he's Mark. Yeah, I need to know from Mark too. So I've, I've, it's been established that apparently everyone else is just drunk with 49er fever and I'm the only rational person oh, here who's yeah, going, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the best drunk. team yeah, is just going to win this game. No uh, and surely I'm not an island by myself. Mark, you're surely a man of your handsomeness and, 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 and stunning intellect is sitting beside me saying, oh, the best team is just going to win this game. 
Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> sorry, I said duck up and talk to the kids because they're in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I I think defensively they match up fairly evenly. It's offensively where Philly get the edge. So, like if you just match up at home position um, position group by position group, Philly have the edge. I keep waiting for Jalen Hurts just to fall off a cliff. I just don't think he's going to. He might be legit. Look, it's having the twenty fifteen cam season of just there's nothing he yeah. can't do. Great comp. I actually didn't think yeah. of that. That's good. This is a dude, man. He's way too. This is a dude. Hertz is way too prone to being sacked this season as well, though. And you are Mm. going up against Nick Bosa, so yeah. I didn't even see him on the weekend. Did he play? No, it's actually this dude. No, this dude is the difference. Did Joey play? No, Joe played the week before. Yeah, I didn't (laughs) even see Nick. Was Nick there? I didn't see Nick at all. (laughs) Oh man. Well, look, where was Micah then? What what was Micah talking shit to Debo about? Where was Micah? Micah was involved game? in four tackles. I saw. I didn't see Nick at one all. One solo tackle. <laughs> one solo tackle. Oh, McGlinchy, yeah, man. I, I reckon both of those ones I counted sideways like every practice because McGlinchy. He should. I think we could let McGlinchy walk in free agency, but that honest opinion is about Mike McGlinchy there. But look, this is the guy, Fred Warner. That's going to be the difference in this game. If he can contain Jalen Hurts himself, on. this guy, him and Drake Greenlaw. Look, I, I was seeing a ton of posts during the week. They're comparing them to my boys back in the day. Patrick Willis in the borough, Bowman. Oh, man, the memories from those. That duo, absolutely incredible. One of the best linebacking was, duos in NFL history. Which I'm one of them was the grub? Because we know that Greenlaw's a grub out of those two, but which one was the grub <laughs> out of uh, Willis and Bowman? Uh, I reckon probably be Willis, but Willis Same. probably like Warner. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, Willis hit hard. Dirty man. bastard. Like, <laughs> Willis hit hard back in the back. Even in 2012, you could even hit that hard. Like, you could hit Yeah, if there was a guys. cheap shot to take, he was taking it. I know. <laughs> yeah, he was probably was. It yeah. was probably it was probably Willis. But look, Greenlaw, they come from the I, same I cloth. <laughs> I, I don't mind. Like, I, I don't want any cheap shots, though, because, look, the thing is that they'll probably give a ton of penalties because Jalen Hurts loves to slide. Don't don't be taking any low shots, Niners, please. Play it safe. I think guys like in the middle, that's where it's important, where you got Greenlow, Warner, and behind them. But Funga needs to have a better game. He's been having a few dry weeks recently. He's been missing a few tackles. He needs to support the boys a lot more. I think a lot more Hufunga blitzes will be in this game. I think the Niners' defensive scheme will be shaken up. It's going to be a lot of Warner and Hufunga going to be blitzing. I think that's the way you stop Jalen Hurts is the surprise because they're going to expect the Niners to sit back a bit, only rush four guys and let Hurts run. But I think they're going to Take it on. They're going to take the game on and go. I love how we somehow went from a a Cowboys Niners review to a to uh, to an Eagles uh, Niners preview. I I want to talk shit to both fans. I I want to talk shit to both fan bases. Look, these (laughs) fan bases, man, they've been causing me too much trauma and shit. They've been talking way too much shit. So I, I want the Niners to humble them. They've been winning I, I, more Super Bowls, though. <laughs> Between them, they've yeah. got one more than you've got lately. <laughs> yeah, well... No well, wonder they're talking shit. <laughs> yeah, well... They've got success, mate. Super Bowl. The one Super Bowl and what? The, the I've got as many Super Bowls as the 49ers lately. <laughs> <laughs> lately, the fun... Li- All right, fine. Oh, yeah, I don't know. What's look, your uh, lifetime? Give me your lifetime. How many have they got in your them, lifetime? 
All right, zero. But in my time as <laughs> a Niners fan, I, <laughs> I've never seen the Niners. Matty C. At, in my time, and we're double his age. <laughs> double for Matty C. He's, it's yeah, just as many, twice as long. Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on. Otherwise, we'll never get anywhere. Historically, great teams that. are the best because I, I support a historically just... great team in rugby league. So I have to do the things that Manjot's doing here. But it's just fun when you can turn that argument around and be like, yeah, mate, the last time your team did anything exciting, it was, you know, black and white TV. The games were showed on delay. You couldn't read it. You couldn't get it here. You had to read about it in the newspaper if there was a spot in the newspaper about it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was just going to say, are we counting this as a Niners-Eagles preview or what we just (laughs) talked about? Pretty much. I think Manjot just Manjot instantly assumed we weren't going to do a good day gridiron preview show this week. And he's just gone with it. I'm sorry. Just, I went off the script. So, so uh, guess I, what? This dude gets extra days off this week. Yeah. <laughs> Look, can I, I, I need a Friday I need Friday off to watch the Brisbane Heat absolutely losing the um, big bash. So there you go. Brisbane. Can I just drop some quick stats from the two teams? It'll be really, yes, really quick. Absolutely. Go for it. it, please. So so the Eagles are 16th in the league at allowing rushing yards. Uh, the Eagles, though, are the best team in the league against the pass, um, you know, giving up the least amount of yards per game. I basically just went yards for both uh, rushing rushing and passing defense and offense just to, to make it quick. Uh, Niners are 21st for uh, yards passing allowed. The Eagles are seventh in passing yards this season. The Niners are twelfth in that same stat for passing yards this season. The Niners are seventh in rushing yards, and the Eagles are fifth in rushing yards. What I basically take out of this, and I tried to like compare, obviously, where teams were weak and where teams were strong. Like I've pretty much said before, and a lot of people have, is that I think the Niners are going to have to win this on the ground. I really don't think they're going to be able to pass. And that's not even Purdy-related. That's just generally what they're going to be up against in the Eagles. I think they're going to have to win yeah. the ground game to win this game. And honestly, on the other side, I think the Eagles are going to have to pass. I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to run on the Niners. I think this is the game where you're going to see A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and got it. I think this is the game where they have to pass more because this is just how they match up. It's a big got it game, I reckon. Yeah. And our corners aren't that good, to be honest. Tight ends, tight ends come alive in these games. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Our corners aren't that good. Let me be fair. It, it's going to be a bit of a mismatch against AJ Brown to Ponta Smith. That's what I'm most worried is the cornerback battles for both teams. It's just their corners are amazing. Our corners are like solid, oh. average, but mediocre. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, that that's going to be where the game is won and lost is. That's where it is. The quarterback battle as well. Hurts is a better quarterback than Purdy. We all know that. But, yeah, that's just where I'm feeling with this one. Guys, oh, that's my God, I, s- I forgot my favorite stat. I cannot believe this. We can't cut mm. this one out. Arsehole's this uh, big? And then, what? Was that, yeah. that your favorite <laughs> Mate, stat? I don't know How big is their arsehole first? <laughs> I haven't done any of that. Um, <laughs> the Niners are the second best team at defending the rush behind... You yes. guessed it, the Tennessee Titans. That stat is actually a, a, a very big one for this, considering what yep. the Eagles rush and how heavily they rely yep. on that, especially how heavily they rely on Jalen Hurts to, to use his legs to, to make that rush as well. Mark you, Mark, you were starting something? Can I just pile a quick stat on top of that? Um, every time. Terms- all the time. I'm here for it all the time. 
in terms of red zone, and this just further backs what Taylor was saying, the Eagles are 21st in red, red uh, defense, are 21st in red zone attempts, so they're allowing teams into the red zone, and 15th giving away red zone touchdowns. 49ers, on the other hand, are first for both. The Eagles are going to have to score from outside of the red zone, and they're not going to be able to run within that sort of 20-yard space to try and score, whereas the 49ers will be able to. Yeah, so no filthy Boston yeah. Scott kind of game well. Uh, oh, right you know this, it's going to does this end? Does this end the Boston Scott run? It'll be oh, a little insanity little. run of Boston Scott. Yeah, <laughs> insanity right. run. There you go. There you go, Maddie. Yeah, there you go. Worked it in. I mean, he was he was an absolute lock for a TD last week, and he was at a ridiculous price. And I was just bagging it home. Yes, yes, yes. Like, how did you go on the gain well hundred yards? Or did, did did you take that one as well? Fuck no, me. no, no. What no. is that? He gained um, yards well. If, if we're doing the quick preview, then do we want to have a quick? Um, everyone throws their two cents in about the Bills and Bang. Oh, sorry, the Bengals and the Chiefs. Because I mean, we've talked about yeah. both teams, so it's probably just more about the the outcome. And then then yeah. there's your preview show. Quick thoughts, I guess. Quick thoughts. Because I know Mark wants to. I've got Mark has got something he's brought. Mark, that yeah, I you want to make sure off. we get to quick, quick. Yeah. Well, how about Mark? You want a quick thoughts on this one to start with? I think so. Both passing defenses are. So Bengals are middle of the road. The mm. Chiefs are giving up tons through the air. Yep. Um, both are pretty good rushing defenses. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty high flying game, to be honest. So it'll be hopefully we, we hope to see it'll be big Kelsey game, big Chase game, big Higgins game. Um, both quarterbacks. Ideally, you want you want Mahomes healthy because you want to see the best quarterbacks facing off. So um, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Joe because I think Patrick's still underdone. Just what Matty was saying before about the high ankle sprain. I think that will hamper him a little bit, as good as he is. Give me Joe. Give me the Bengals. Uh, Matty? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think the Bengals are going to just be too good. And uh, I'm taking them by 11. Uh, I'm feeling like they're the trouble with Mahomes not being able to be so escapable. I think that is going to be a big problem. Um, and Joe doesn't have that stress. He was happy to get out of the pocket, run for a few yards shift the pocket a bit to, to make the space to throw the ball. Um, and he had, you know, in that weirdly odd snow game, he had no pressure throwing 250 yards almost in that two touchdowns. No interception. He just, he really looks like he's come of age quicker than I ever expected. And it's time to believe. Fair enough. Taylor thoughts on. Uh, I'll bring my quick Bengals? stats for you. So um, it pretty much backs up what Mark said. So Bengals allow the fifth least rushing yards in the league. I was surprised by this. The Chiefs allow the eighth less rushing um, yards in the league because I, I just based that more off uh, fantasy. They actually were giving up a fair bit to the running back position, but in general, they don't give up a lot of gushing yards. Mm. But I, I, I more just attribute that to the fact that they were probably ahead in a lot of games, so the teams probably didn't have to rush a lot in the second half. So 100%. that's probably more than more about what that stat says more than they're actually dominant against any running backs. Uh, the Bengals allow the 14th most passing yards and the Chiefs allow the 11th most. So that's what Mark said. They're both basically middle of the road. Uh, Chiefs are first in passing yards. The Bengals are sixth in passing yards. So again, it sort of backs the whole uh, you know passing element of this game. Uh, and the Bengals are 29th in rushing yards and the Chiefs are 20th. So both neither teams are really dominating on the ground. Uh, so I, I'm, I don't really take a lot away from those stats. They're pretty, pretty even teams across the board 
I want to say, though, I think the Bengals' defense is horrendously underrated, and I actually think that's why I picked them to win the Super Bowl at the start of the playoffs, because I think a lot of teams always think of their offense. They think of Burrow. They think of Chase, and I get that, but I actually think their defense is really, really solid, and I think they're going to make a lot of plays, a lot more than you think. And with Mahomes, like you guys have already said, hobbled, I, I, I have to give the edge to the Bengals. The Bengals are 3-0 and against... Obviously, Burrow with Mahomes 3-0 against him. I don't think it's just about that. I just think, in general, this team is set up better right now to to make this run at the Super Bowl right now. And with Mahomes hobbled, I, I can't not take Burrow. I, I don't think it's going to be a dominant win, but I think they're going to be able to actually play pretty good defense on this Chiefs team. And I've got it more as a lower-scoring game. I think they're going to win something like 24-17. Uh, just to play off the back of a couple more of those stats, really, that sort of will, I guess, better highlight it. They're also points per game. Bengals are 26.1, Chiefs are at 29.2. Uh, and points allowed per game, Bengals 13.5, Chiefs 20. So I'm, I am with you. When I looked at all those stats as well, I'm um, with you guys where I'm leading far more towards the Bengals. It was also the way I watched... Um, their offensive line play last week in the way that they were really tearing apart the Bills and moving it apart to make space for both um, Burrow and then for all of the rushing game in Mixon to um, to uh, make plays and, and get yards. Uh, I think that they're going to really do a, a similar number on the Chiefs' defense here, and I'm sort of I'm picking the Bengals for this one as well. Yeah. And finally, yeah, look, I've got to go with the Bengals. It, it's no-brainer for me. It's a no-brainer, yeah. Oh, five, no. five from five, all of us, because thing is, Mahomes is injured, and even if he wasn't injured, the Kansas, uh, sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals defense, they actually know how to game plan for this Kansas City offense. They can just rush three guys, drop eight in coverage, and they'll still get the pressure done. Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson with a couple guys up the middle, that's fine enough. That's good enough pressure for them in most games against Kansas City. We saw it last time these two teams played. Definitely you can see that with even three guys rushing, Mahomes was having trouble. With a high ankle sprain, Mahomes is going to have even more trouble. Bengals to the ball. Let me just say, Bengals to the ball, they're going to win this. I'm going to go seven plus. I think this will seven be close, plus. but yeah, seven plus. That's going to be a close game, but the Chiefs will not be able to win it. They won't be able to come back in this one. And the Bengals hold on for a great win. Two Super Bowls in a row. Joe Burrow becomes the first quarterback in. I think the last 12 quarterbacks to go back to the Super Bowl after losing their first one. So that'll be huge. I think that's what's going to happen. So look, I'm, I'm fully expecting the Bengals to win. It's a very weird position, but I think they've got this. And full confidence in them. And if anyone's confused by my pick in the NFC Championship game, just to clear it up, I'm going to go with Philly. the Eagles by three. I'm oh, going with the dude. Eagles. I'm fully... I'm fully expecting That's how you heartbreak, do it, man. man. I'm That's actually how you do expecting it. heartbreak. Oh. And look, call it what? jinxing. Oh. I'm willing to jinx them. I'm going to jinx them because, look, fuck Philly. Um, yeah, uh, first F-bomb of the show for me has to be that because, yeah, it's Philly hate week this week. And, look, hopefully we, we beat them. If we control the ball, as I said, we'll absolutely 
ruined that. Right. Can I just say I'm freaked out that we've all tipped against the Chiefs. Like we're we're gonna be this like podcast that gets shown like all over the internet by the fact <laughs> that we all went against the Chiefs. And the yeah. Chiefs are gonna be up thirty four nil in the third quarter and we're gonna be like, Wow, why the hell do we go against Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> and Travis Kelsey. It's just because like, honestly the Bengals have been underdogs every single time they've won these games against the Chiefs. And I feel like they've had that like edge like chip on their shoulder. And now they're going in as like favorites and we're all picking them i'm worried that we're all gonna have our pants pulled down and not in a good way it's a lot like that atlanta falcons tip i had in that super bowl where i'm like well if you know it's not raining and the all the roof shut then you know this can be too fast for the patriots and at like 25 to whatever it was at half i'm just like i just felt so smart and i'm just looking around (laughs) thinking look at this genius (laughs) and then you got matt ryan yeah you got 28 to yeah i know oh boy but look, I don't know. As what, we, what I was gonna say, they yeah. do do have a chip on their shoulder, though. That not everyone's talking about Mahomes this week. No one's talking about the Bengals. We're talking about the oh, Bills. I think, Same I think thing with the nice. Was, I think that's the the story this week is Mahomes, though, but because of his neg- yeah, it's yeah. negative. It is. That's the problem. <laughs> it is, but the but thing right, is, no one's still talking not talking about the Bengals, Bengals still, and that's they why still I asked that question we earlier. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even talk about the Bengals. We talked about the Bills for about half an hour. And even with the Niners, man, like everyone's talking about, oh, how the Cowboys lost and this and that. No one's talking about how the Niners won. So look, the Niners got that chip on their shoulder too. Everyone's talking up the Eagles. So it's the same thing. The Niners and the Bengals. Maybe I might change my in my heart. The Niners win by three, but yeah, officially I'm going to make it Philly by three just oh, for the jinxing. Don't do the jinx. I'm doing time. that. I'm doing Don't that. Do no, God, I tried that against Kansas last week. It almost worked. <laughs> you had to listen to had to listen to Eagles fans do the whole "woe is me" all season, even though they were fucking thirteen and one. It is, yeah. <laughs> you're doing the same thing, man. Joe. Even in thirteen and one, Eagles fans didn't believe that they could get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> I'd be the same. Well, they are favorites, though, so it's not even a bad pick if I choose Philly by three. Yeah, they are favorites. Um, my my uh, before the playoffs started bracket had uh, Bengals v Niners in the Super Bowl, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm taking Niners uh, by three. I had Chiefs I, Niners. I actually had Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl. I had Bills Niners, I'm so <laughs> I'm so screwed. Thanks for listening to the Get A Gridiron Meets Aussie NFL Fantasy Show Meets No Huddle Dynasty Podcast Smash-Up. Part 2 is coming up, and the guys will get into a bit more fantasy football on that show. In the meantime, you can find all our shows, including content and our merch stores, at linktree forward slash Aussie NFL Fantasy. 